0: and welcome to this game where with me Ashley and your boy Chris. Hello everyone. <laughs> your boy. Is that the second time you've done that? Your boy. I'm sure you've done your boy before. Probably have. And it made me cringe the first time as well. Like you say, it's cringy. That's your why i am going with it. You all right?
1: Uh, yes, I'm good. Thank you.
0: How are you? Very good. Thank you very much. I've got my, my Tinto de Verano, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. A way to make yourself sound all poncy to the entire audience. Red wine and lemonade, if you please. Yeah. Not so poncy when you say it like that, is it? Tinto de do- Oh, yes, my Tinto de Verano. Uh, what's that, Chris? Ah, oh, it's lemonade with Red wine, and it's ruddy really delicious. What are you drinking then? Doctor Pepper mm. Zero. Doctor Pepper Zero, no sugar. Like a pleb. Um, I dispute that. Actually, uh, I think that Doctor Pepper might not be the drink of the plebs, in so much as he's a doctor. Oh, yeah, actually, arrived. Right. Mm. Mm, okay. There we go. Drink admonished. Of the, drink, drink of the masses. Drink of the middle classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the university educated drink Doctor Pepper. <laughs> We're doing a game today. Are we? Great. Much to my, yeah, actually much to my aggravation, because what I wanted to do today was discuss Bo Burnham's Inside, which we've done at length before we started recording, but you insist that I'm not allowed to review that this episode.
1: I've strong-armed you into sticking to stick into the format.
0: Disgusting behaviour. right? People should watch Inside. It's great. Am I allowed to say that? Push can. Brilliant. There we go. People should watch Inside. It's brilliant. And if you've got problems with it, don't come to me, because I'm just going to plug my ears. <laughs> There you go. So we are doing a game today. We are doing... Shall, shall I tell you what? Yes, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to do it. This week, we are doing this game where you play a bit of golf, the crazy kind, except your ball is replaced with a little pink spherical chap who can manifest various powers when they absorb various other creatures that appear on each course.
1: I did not know Kirby had a golf game. I'm assuming that's what it is. You didn't know Kirby had a
0: golf game? Right. Well, I thought everybody knew about this game. This is the best kirby game hands down how about that was it kirby golf or super kind of it's called a bit more adventurous than that kirby's dream course for the super nintendo right never heard of it you don't know this game no Ah, well it's a shiggy joint (laughs) old miyamoto san are you
1: okay (laughs) as shikara miyamoto game should henceforth be referred to as shiggy joint
0: (laughs) yeah it is it's a miyamoto creation Sorry, how am I supposed to? I don't know. That was, That's what we call each other. I'm I'm Ashy, and he's Shiggy when we're, you know, FaceTiming. Ashy
1: and Shiggy sounds like some sort of cigarette brands, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, or dance hall, duo. I don't know. A like hall of notes. Better. We're better. Simon and Garfunkel. And I Shiggy. wish I knew Shigeru Miyamoto. I wish we were best friends and did FaceTime. That would be lovely.
1: That'd be it can't for the hundredth episode straight away, wouldn't it?
0: I'll see if he's in the neighbourhood. Yeah. For our one hundredth episode. See what happens. So sorry, uh it was Shigeru Miyamoto what did this game. As part of HAL Laboratory, as you can probably guess, and um, uh, given that it's a, a Kirby release. Uh released in Japan in 1994 and the rest of the world in 1995 and you have not heard of it no great because I hadn't heard of it until I went to my friend's house in 1997 he had I didn't have a SNES at the time I still had a Nintendo entertainment system and he had this game among others his house was also the place that I played Zelda for the first time which was a link to the past Uh, and this he also had which I've never seen in the flesh other than in his house he had a super scope have you seen the super scope for the SNES
1: it's just some sort of weird periscope peripheral.
0: You've got the right idea. It's more like a bazooka that you put on your shoulder and then you look down a, a lens. You see the game through the bazooka.
1: Does it have like a red square target like a like a periscope does? That's where I'm maybe yeah, blurring the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen one either. It's just something I'm aware of existing. Well,
0: I have seen one. There you Unfortunately, go. I've never played one because oh. his room was about the size of a box and the, sata- uh, the Super Scope was too big to swing around. <laughs> so we've never. We've, Brilliant. I've never actually played it. I don't know if he's played it either. He also had Mario Paint, which, again, I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually have mario paint other than this guy
1: i remember nintendo advertising the shit out of mario paint when it first came out but i don't remember anyone ever actually playing it at all
0: no well we did we played we played the uh ever-loving paint out of it to be honest but we never did any painting we just she, it, there was a mini game that it, i can't remember how you activated it but on mario paint there was a mini game where you splatted a fly the fly would fly around on your canvas and you would splat it with a a fly swatter, <sighs> heady days, heady days. Sounds WarioWare-esque. I think, actually, there might be a reference to it in WarioWare now that you say oh, it. Oh, nice. But I'd have to double-check that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Kirby's Dream Course because this was another one of the absolute bangers that he had in his collection. It, was, it is, in fact, it is a phenomenal game uh, all about playing crazy golf or mini golf, whatever you maybe call it as Kirby
1: I think there's a difference isn't there mini golf is as the name would suggest golf played on a much more scale and crazy golf is the one where you've got windmills and gorilla statues and things like that
0: so I'd assumed that there was some kind of transition between crazy golf and mini golf the naming of it because of the connotations of crazy, but I would just come to that conclusion myself. The possibility that people didn't want to call it crazy golf—I'm
1: sure crazy golf is still a thing, and I'm still—I think it's advertised as being crazy golf. But equally, I I can understand your point about it being a trigger because actually, now you said that, that's completely believable.
0: Yeah, that's just the assumption that I'd uh, come to. Well, e- either way, uh, that's this is what this is. This is a. Uh, a novelty golf game where you play as Kirby and it started out actually as something entirely not entirely other. It started out with a different name. It was called specialty shot initially. I know it's an amazing name. Is that specialty,
1: like one word? Or or special a shot. Not T not T E A. Correct. Right.
0: Why would it be T E A? I'm just
1: seeking clarification.
0: You're just getting clarification yep. on things that don't need clarifying. Sorry, listeners. You know what Chris is like by now. We're 67 episodes in. He's a pedant.
1: And I'm all Tinto de would up, so there you go. You are smashed. Absolutely off my face.
0: Yeah, in a middle-class way. So the game's specialty shot in the in its original guise was cancelled. It, it was repurposed as Kirby's Dream Course... The game, though, originally, Special T-Shot, had appeared on the back of Staz's boxes. So it was one of those games they, they were trying to sell.
1: Before it had even come out.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, which i love i don't mm. know if you remember looking at the back of yeah. console boxes and finding like all all these games that hadn't even been released yet but there was like little shots of them that was one of my favorite things about getting a new console weirdly
1: i think i said before about when i got my game gear that i remember just sitting and looking at the box for ages at, at all the games that were available for it and i can remember one that was like had an orange cyclops on it i have no idea what the game was just that i thought the screenshot looked really amazing and just going back to last week's episode earthworm Jim. Um, Earthwind Gym 3D had something similar to what you just said, where press releases were were given to um computer game magazines. I think about a year or so before the game came out, and then when the game actually was released, the st- stuff that had been sent out as promotional material just wasn't in the game at all.
0: Yeah, so I mean that happens probably more often mm. than people maybe realise if they don't follow uh the industry terribly closely. Uh, well, certainly with trailers. Come.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that exactly.
0: Okay, certainly with trailers, um, you might see a trailer four years before a game is released and the trailer suggests it's a certain thing or suggests that certain things are in it and then and they turn out not to be. And in fact, there are entire trailers that are made where not a single thing that appears in the trailer actually appears in the finished product. One of the famous, one of the more recent potentially, not necessarily the most famous, but one of the more recent examples of that was um, Aliens Colonial Marines where everything had been tarted up. Everything looked really lovely in the E3 showcases and then there was a demo release for colonial marines and the demo was a specially built thing that was just its set uh, its own thing uh that had been really really tarted up didn't represent at all what actually happened with the the end product the actual game right so people were playing this demo going oh yeah this might be all right and then getting the game and everything was completely balked do you remember that? No not at all. It was a thing it was definitely a thing.
1: For this game then was it that Nintendo swooped in to save the day or was Shigeru Miyamoto commissioned to sort of come in and rescue it and his idea was to put Kirby and what was the process from it being potentially cancelled to being released as Kirby's Dream Course?
0: Well I don't think it was a case of a rescue being required I think that actually it was a, again quite a cynical, if you want to see it that way, a, a cynical ploy in so much as Kirby was quite popular at the time. I think just recently before the change was made, Kirby had released on the Game Boy and that had sold very well. And he was sort of in the ether at the time. So they repurposed the game to make it more saleable. To have that brand association. Yeah. And actually, I suppose to give it a character, mm. so, uh, uh, like a, le- a leading mascot, because before it was Kirby, it was just a red ball, possibly with a face. And it just didn't really have much, as far as they were concerned, probably much appeal obviously kirby is kirby sort of cuts two different ways some people think he's in fact in his normal guise he is a very cutesy little character and very lovable very appealing but at the same time he is for a lot of people the source of nightmares because The things that you can do with him are a little bit potentially scary. I don't know if you've seen um, Kirby with real legs. That sounds horrible. It's horrifying. I have found as well, researching this, I found another genre, I guess, of nightmare Kirby imagery in that this game, the strategy guide, the official Japanese strategy guide for this game had images of Satoru Wata and Shigeru Miyamoto, their faces pasted onto Kirby's body, which is dark. Good grief. It doesn't look right. It's not very nice. I will show you those in the halftime, in the half-time point. It wasn't the end for Special T-Shot by any stretch, though. It was actually released as a Sitalaview exclusive uh In Japan only, obviously. S- a few years later. A what exclusive? Satellaview. I thought you knew what Satellaview was. I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago, and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, like that."
1: I was just being polite, mate. Is that the thing where in mary Odyssey where he has the suit that's like a red TV? Isn't that the Satellaview outfit?
0: I don't know. I don't think I've seen that suit in the Odyssey. In Odyssey, but uh Satellaview was a satellite system again only available in japan where you could tune in every uh, on a on a schedule like a tv schedule you could tune in and play games so like the
1: sega one we talked about in the other gym, jim said that, that's sweet and which, that's which when i can't remember it at all
0: yeah that's when i referred to teleview because you were talking about the internet link for earthworm gym and playing the multiplayer version of earthworm gym i was, that. I was probably too engrossed in my notes to be honest to, to engage with that so tell you then for you and for anyone that's not too sure it's a satellite system where you get the cartridge for to access it you put that into your snares and then maybe for three hours uh, of an evening time you will have access to this schedule of gaming that is only available if you have the Satellaview system. One of the most well-known things that came out of Satellaview was uh, the Legend of Zelda BS. BS. Yes, I understand. I understand this snigger, but I, it's that stands for something like something like Telaview. I can't remember what it stands for, but Legend of Zelda BS was a version of the game that was episodic. This is in the nineties. An episodic version of Zelda that told a different story to the oh, original game. Okay. And I think there were four episodes and each of them told a different portion of the same story or something like that. And you played as a different person as well. You weren't actually link in the in this teleview uh, version of of Legend of Zelda. You might have even had your own avatar. I can't remember if you if you designed your own
1: avatar or what that whole technology sounds amazing it sounds incredibly ahead of its time and very forward thinking
0: yeah this is sh- well i don't know if it's a uh, what is a shame i was going to say it's a shame that we don't have access to it now or that we didn't have access to it uh, outside of japan but actually what is a shame is that you we've never been given access to those things that appear exclusively on teleview in any official capacity i do know that you can get your hands on by by certain ulterior means you can get your hands on a lot of this teleview content. content but because of the nature of it and because it unlocked at a certain time on a certain day of a certain year and so on they had things locked behind doors and i'm not sure because i've never sort of indulged in it myself i'm not sure if they've been able to fully recreate the episodic nature of things or whether they've been able to recreate the time specific elements of the various teleview uh experiences so it would be lovely actually to see those i i think nintendo switch online would be a perfect mm. avenue for those we've gone down an absolutely massive very long rabbit hole uh with that so we'll try and come back go on
1: well let's let's do back to, to kirby then um i'm not a fan of kirby at all no neither am i there oh, you great. go <laughs> okay good i thought i was gonna be quite contentious with that so i've I played the the Game Boy one you maybe just mentioned a few minutes ago. Mm. I played that once at a friend's house for about 10 minutes on his Game Boy in probably about 99 2000. Wasn't keen at all. I got, um, was it Kirby's Epic Yarn on the Wii? I quite enjoyed playing it, but it didn't ignite a, a, yeah, it didn't grab me. It didn't make me want to carry on playing it. So I didn't. And that 40 minutes in total of gameplay over my entire life, that's the sum total of my, uh, relationship with kirby
0: yeah okay i am on the same page as you for possibly different reasons i've played very many kirby games i um have played game uh, kirby games on the n64 there was crystal what was it crystal shards kirby and the crystal shards or something like that i can't remember what it's called anymore uh on the 64 uh i've played epic yarn uh Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. That was another Wii version of Kirby. Uh, I've played some of the earlier Kirby, so the Game Boy Kirby. I've played. I've played Kirby All Stars or Superstar, whatever on the on the SNES. I can't remember what that version's called either. The reason being, I've never really wanted to go back to them. The thing that I find with Kirby is that it's all very humdrum, mm. and as fun as the mechanic of being able to grab the abilities of the enemies and and use them against them, as fun as that mechanic is. I've never really felt that it has worked very well in a platforming capacity or certainly not in the in the platforming experiences that have been put forth by the developers of Kirby at the same time it's always been pitched um quite at quite an easy level and I think that's really what Kirby's there for it's sort of a gateway yeah. for younger or maybe less experienced gamers to to get into the hobby so maybe it maybe is just isn't for us Maybe. Are those all games you played to
1: completion? Or did you have a similar experience to me where... Mm,
0: No, not completion at all. I I just kept dipping into them and trying and, and giving them a fair amount of time. Really, really sort of trying with them. Because I felt like I must be missing something about the Kirby thing.
1: Well, that's exactly what I was about to say, because people love Kirby.
0: They do, yeah. I think that people, mm, I don't think this, but I i have always just kind of assumed from the periphery, I've kind of assumed that people respond to the character as opposed to the actual games. And because they like the aesthetic of the character, maybe that's what's drawing them towards the games. Because the games have always been quite, mm, quite, quite. Mm. <laughs> i don't know any other way to put it really but this is the beacon the shining beacon in amongst the kirby franchise uh, as i said at the beginning this is by far i as far as i'm concerned this is the very best kirby game kirby experience it is the pinnacle of the franchise and it happened in 1994 and 1995 depending on where you live
1: what memories do you have of uh, playing at your friend's house in, in
0: particular then uh, i'll tell you what memories i don't have of it i don't i don't remember having a story which is a point of contention i found during this research because the game had a story in its original japanese guise wherein king DDD, who is here, uh, kirby's longtime nemesis king DDD stole all of the stars in the sky and then The the whole game is Kirby going out of his way to to try and recoup all of those stars and put them back in the sky. Now, if you've played Katamari Damacy or if listeners have played Katamari Damacy, that sounds very, very familiar because that is exactly what happens with Katamari Damacy. The king of all cosmos, uh, he gets drunk one night and steals all the stars from the sky and then forgets where he's put them. And the whole premise is that you as the prince have to go out and roll up brand new stars so you're rolling up all these little katamaris and then take them to king of all cosmos and he throws them up into the sky and makes them into a star to replace the ones that he lost in a drunken fit he learned that from king Dedede though apparently we wouldn't know that in the west though because the game was stripped of all story elements prior to being released here and the understanding is that the game that they did that so that they could fit the english release onto a smaller cheaper cartridge size which is a little bit crappy okay
1: in order to make the game fit onto the cartridge they decided to remove the plot which admittedly the plot is not particularly great anyway but they just so do you start the game i wouldn't know i never got to experience it so do you start the game with just kirby's on a golf course there you go crack on have fun yeah how strange
0: it is both strange and also fine it really, if I'm being honest, I do now feel like I—it's sort of like the fear of missing out thing. Like they yeah. now that I know it exists, I kind of wish that I'd experienced it. However, when we, when I've played this game, I have enjoyed it massively. And actually, how much story does a golf game need? Well,
1: that's what I was about to say, it'd be nice to have the context of why he's hanging out in this golf course. But equally, the story itself doesn't sound like it's War and Peace anyway. So
0: yeah, nobody's asking about the context of when I go play mini golf or crazy golf or whichever golf I'm playing. So why does Kirby need that? same exactly. context so that's something that i didn't experience but what i did experience was uh, a solid game uh it's it was the kind of thing that you don't expect to come up to much like if you if you said to people kirby mini golf they'd probably be like yeah all right and fine <laughs> but actually it's, it's one of these really surprisingly good games i count it alongside a game called cura have you ever heard of that one, a Game Boy Advance game? No, sir. Well, Korokorokorin we'll be covering in a future episode. And that is a similarly, very surprisingly good game. Denki Blocks was in the same wheelhouse in terms of, like, I'm putting Denki Blocks on, but I'm only going to play it for, for five minutes as a curio. Oh, hang on. Did you say it's two weeks since I started playing this game? Okay, fine. Yeah, it was great. That's what happens with Kirby Dream Course when you play it, I'm pretty sure.
1: I had a similar thing with Pokemon Pinball on the Game Boy. Again, hmm. like you said, it's it's two disparate things: Pokemon Pinball. You wouldn't think they work together, but I remember having an absolute whale of a time playing that game.
0: Yeah, um, this this will, if you're not careful, suck away your all of your earthly hours,
1: pun intended. And you Kirby? will
0: ha- you will lose your job as an adult,
1: hmm? pun intended. Sucking Kirby? No,
0: not intended. No, sorry, uh, I'm not. I'm not working on that level at the moment, unfortunately. I apologize. I wish I would intended it. I I won't lie. But there we are. The game, because we haven't—I've told you what it is. So you don't really need so much, uh, much more than what than it's Kirby and Golf at the same time. Uh, but the game does incorporate the elements of Kirby that you'd expect. So the fact that Kirby can grab. Or the enemy the abilities of other enemies you actually have that element in this game so rather than it just being you pinging him left right uh, here there and everywhere around this around various different courses uh, he actually has powers that he can take from the obstacles that he is presented with um a couple of a few of the powers that actually exist i think there are something like eight or ten in the game but um the ones that i remember um are a parasol so if you're up high on a on a high ledge and you need to get down to the bottom of uh the level um you can steal this parasol uh power and it operates in the same way that it operates in lemmings so you oh, activate okay. it and then you float softly down straight down rather than sort of being carried by momentum or anything you just float straight down uh to the spot beneath you uh, there's also a high jump which is the opposite it, Instead of helping you get down, it helps you get high up. Uh, there's a wheel, and the wheel, help if you activate it, it stops you on, on the spot, revs you up, and sends you in a straight line, whichever direction you're facing, a very straight line and, and at, at high speed. Uh, and then there's a tornado, and I think you use the tornado to get through obstacles you wouldn't otherwise be able to get through. So you can actually use it to, to blast through enemies that you, that you are faced with. There are some more, but I can't remember which ones, and I certainly can't remember which ones we're going to have time to get to see tonight. So... Is it presented as a 2D platformer? A very good question. So do you remember Marble Madness? I brought you Marble Madness a few months ago now. It's very much in the style of that. It's an isometric viewpoint, looking diagonally down at each of the levels. Now, you grimace there. Mm. Are you worried about how how it will control? Yeah. Well, it controls marvelously well. It really, really works. It was one of the things, actually, that reviewers picked up on the presentation of it, the fact that it looks brilliant, and the fact that the isometric viewpoint really worked in its favor and meant that it was very easy to to access. Uh, In terms of control, the actual control scheme, as you can probably guess from a golf game. You've got a power meter, you've got a direction arrow that you can send it in that, that you can line up the shot with. You also have a point of contact. I don't know how to how I'd say this, but you can dictate where you actually hit Kirby, so you can hit him at the bottom or at the top or at the side or the or or the other side and that will then put spin on him. So you That's can have spin and and forward spin or side spin and you can actually have certainly in the later stages of the game you can have situations where you'd be able to side spin in round obstacles once you were good at the game you could side spin in round obstacles that a straight line or a, or a chip wouldn't get you through
1: there's elements of technical prowess there to your gameplay which I certainly wasn't expecting
0: yeah a little bit of extra control over the ball that you maybe didn't have or maybe haven't had in other golf games a few little loose ends that I haven't been able to cover anywhere else uh, so I'll whiz through them before we get stuck in uh, there was a sequel in development it was for the nintendo 64 i didn't know about this but they, it was actually shown off at some convention i'm not sure which one but it was shown off alongside super mario 64 and it looked really nice the actual visuals of it looked just looked really great very appealing so what happens to that then just got canned don't know. I don't know what was going on. Uh, supposedly, and I don't really know how this can be the case, but supposedly elements of it found their way into Kirby Air Ride that came out on the GameCube several years later. But Kirby Air Ride is n- not a golf game. It- it's a totally different kettle of fish uh, and also not very well liked by a lot of people. Um, Nintendo advertised this game only in Japan when it initially came out and they made a, a i think quite a strange choice in the in how they decided to advertise the game
1: did they include the nightmare kirby in the advertising no they didn't
0: they should have because it might have uh meant more to people because they used galileo Galilei to advertise the game galileo 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 yeah the man that was persecuted for oh. telling everybody that the earth was i thought you person to be even rhapsody no <laughs> No, they had Galileo advertise the game yeah, for them. I'm, um, I'm aware he... of
1: Galileo is a, as a person. He's, he's, he's not someone I would particularly turn to in, if I wanted to advertise a game, though.
0: No, he had an experiment where he dropped two balls from the top of the Tower of Pisa and oh, the, yeah, yeah, the advert has him dropping a ball and a kirby from the top of the uh, tower of pisa so yeah who that's saw e- that coming
1: that's extremely niche reference
0: exactly yeah i don't know i don't know how effective it was um hopefully hopefully very effective the american advert for this came much later and actually was an advert for both this game and a game called kirby's avalanche which is a version of poyo poyo you'll be familiar with that from dr robotnik's mean Bean machine great stuff so kirby lunch was advertised with dream course in the same advert and it was like this really intense really edgy like interrogation thing sort of like the fbi had caught this guy and they were in, they were interrogating him about a game that he was playing and he was describing Kirby as some kind of shifty character which is just weird yeah and you'll know how weird because I've got those lined up to to share with you the last thing then this game was one of the first that Nintendo sort of dabbled with anti-piracy measures that they incorporated into the game itself so if you at first the initial check that they would make it was how much SRAM was available to the game and if the SRAM didn't match the amount of SRAM that they they expected then they would fly, they would put up a message saying it's a very serious crime to pirate games don't do it if somehow that was bypassed they had these thing these scenarios in the game they had checks that occurred during the game and various different things would happen if they found that or if it was suspected that it was a pirate copy so one of the things you get a hole in one whenever you you get a hole in one you get a one-up Right, uh, an extra life. And the game, if it thought that it was a pirate copy, wouldn't let you get a one up. So you wouldn't be able to accrue extra lives. It Sneaky. also, if you, yeah, if you game over it would stop you from being allowed to continue. Right. And there were also scenarios where if you ran into a certain scenario, the game would crash and it would also, in the process, delete your entire save file. The idea behind this, and I've seen it happen in other, in other games since, and probably was happening before this, but the idea behind it is that a pirate who managed to bypass this SRAM check at the beginning, a pirate might think, I've managed to get around the anti-piracy measures they then might create these bootleg copies try sell them on and find that actually their bootleg copies are a pile of so because the game is then unplayable people then gonna give this pirate aggro and well maybe that but also they're going to be a bit more wary of pirate copies mm. in the future aren't they and and possibly avoid doing it in the future yeah so that that was an interesting thing i don't know if any other Nintendo games have ever done that before uh, or since, to be honest, I've never never come across that myself. So yeah. yeah.
1: Before we start playing the game, have you touched this at all since? Was it '97 we you played this at your friend's house?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I've played this on a regular, on a semi-regular basis uh, ever since I played it the first time. I had it on the SNES myself, and then I stupidly got rid of my SNES and the games that I had it had for it. But I, I then bought this on the Wii Virtual Console, so that would have be been about 2017. 10 years after i played it i then was gifted one of the snes minis Mm -hmm. and it it appears on there okay and then most recently also appeared as as one of the first games to come out on the switch online service so this is available for anyone that does actually fancy playing this it's available on the nintendo switch online service and that's the easiest way and the best way to access it now
1: for nintendo to have released it on the switch online service of their classic snes games surely shows that the game has pedigree and quality and is well liked
0: yeah and on this on the snes mini yeah it's one of the handful of games that made it onto that okay. and there are a raft of potential candidates for that so uh yeah hopefully that's got your waters moving yeah I've gone, is that is that a phrase i think that's a phrase i've gone through a bit of roller coaster to talk
1: about that i was quite keen on the sound of this and then you mentioned the marble madness thing and that gave me a bit of a dip but now i'm back up again i'm back on the high shall we jump in while i'm on that high and see if uh it holds up
0: yes please Birdie. Eagle. Sorry, everybody. Chris just needs a reset. I'll just, uh, yeah, there all we go. In one. Oh, no, I thought I'd press the buttons. E- Tee off. No, stop it. Stop. Stop. Tiger, Tiger Woods. No. Oh.
1: It's all about my system. That's the extent of my golf knowledge. So, yeah. That's
0: exactly what I was going to ask you uh, if that was everything you knew about golf. You're not Prevent. even a Rory McIlroy or whatever his name is. Who's that? Yeah, uh, golfy guy. Trump, St. Andrews. Yeah. Holes? I, I, We've already said holes. Flags! Yeah. Sorry. Shots. I joined you. I, I don't know what's wrong with us. This is shots, not which, a, I, which I had
1: to Google just to check if that was definitely the strokes. right
0: term. Strokes. And still, God, you've got it. got it wrong. There you go. Strokes. That possibly is a good summation of how much you need to know to enjoy Kirby's Dream Course. Which, surprisingly, is very good. Yeah. It is, isn't yeah. it? I. Yeah. I really love this game. I'm glad to hear that you... Love it too. Absolutely adore it now. You're going to play it on a yearly basis. We realised during recording
1: that this is a year practically since our last golf game, What the Golf, so we've decided we're going to send an official anniversary every June to do a golf game. So June 2022 will be our next golf game. I've not played any of the golf games at all, so I don't know what it'll be, but uh, watch golf this story. space.
0: It'll be Golf Story, probably. Mm, okay. Which is another good golf game, by the way. Anybody that hasn't played Golf Story, you should get that on the Switch now. We should just mention at that point too, the reason why we're playing it. Oh yeah, I forgot to say, the, the whole reason that we're playing Kirby's Dream Course this week is because tomorrow, as of release of this episode, tomorrow marks the release of Mario Golf Super Rush on the Switch. And I did consider, because the, the other Nintendo Golf game that I played is Total Tour, Mario Golf Total Tour on the GameCube. And I did think about doing that, but then I realised that actually I, I much prefer Dream Course, and that's why, we, why we've landed here. Do you want to kick off? by telling them a few things that are enjoyable about dream course
1: when we first started playing i was quite overwhelmed by all the options available which i say all the options available you can hit the ball in three different ways which are
0: i don't know the technical terms but you can give them a straight clout which pushes kirby across the floor with force with a with a degree of force. Uh, you can chip him up into the air so he bounces multiple times. And then you can do this weird one that sort of does a little bit of a skate across the ground and then a, and then a leap. I don't really know where that would be useful or, or what you- the golf term is for it, but it's weird. I didn't use that one at all. I- Neither did I. And I'd go so far as to say I don't think I've ever used that one. I don't know what it's for. Fair
1: enough. And with the... So the, the stretch across is straight across there's no nuance to that at all and then the chipping up in the air you can then put spin on Kirby as well and within both those types of shot you can then choose the amount of power you put the amount of power you put into it so put all that together it was quite overwhelming when I first started because I didn't know whether I should be chipping or putting I didn't know if it should be spinning or not I didn't know the amount of power to put in towards the end of playing it uh, with Ashley this evening I was getting quite fluent with the game and was mm. understanding okay it's this type of shot I need to be using this I need to be putting this amount of power in and that was over the course of not particularly very long playing it mm. because the game incrementally built to my confidence and uh, was really good because of that because of the incremental gameplay
0: there are actually elements that go a little bit beyond that so it's if- there are There are more advanced shots you said about uh, when you're doing horizontal ground level non chips you can't spin but actually you can you can spin to the left and the right, and I'm fairly sure that you can spin you can put top spin and back spin on. The ball as well. It's just that you haven't got to a situation where you'd need to do that, and therefore haven't tried. So that is another level of skill and advanced play that you would access later on in the game, I guess. Which is is interesting, isn't it? How this game seems to be able to quite easily, without any real help text, quite easily convey the nuances of the different shots and how how you might use them and why Mm. and when you might use them. Case in point, the first time I played the
1: first hole, it took me ten strokes to yes. complete it, which was utterly embarrassing. My second Given that time you could do that in one. <laughs> yeah. My second yeah. time around I did it in one and I felt I felt that was because the game had equipped me with the skills to to do that, so I had the understanding yeah. much better. Which, you know, I know a lot of games do that, but I felt, as you said, this did that without any help text, which is pretty admirable.
0: Yeah, it's an art that has been lost potentially, possibly. I, I remember maybe a decade ago, uh 2010 sort of time, games and game developers were starting to sort of decry the notion that there was far too much help text in modern gaming, and that that everything was just explained by by a text box. Um, and there were there were attempts to get back to a more visual um, instruction mode, that, in the same way that you you have in in this game. Um, But we don't seem to have gone very far down that route. We don't seem to have really returned to to trying to avoid help text boxes. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We are in an era where games are far more complicated and therefore maybe the player benefits from having things spelled out in words. At the same time, it's quite nice to have something that pulls off instruction with grace, with visual grace. Leaping off from that then.
1: The whole point of the game is to defeat enemies within each course and the final enemy each time then turns into the hole for you to complete the level and then by, by by going into that hole. There are enemies within certain levels that you are not supposed to hit and these are shown to you visually, for example, having spikes on them. And that's really effective because it obviously is clear these enemies are not to be hit therefore don't hit them but rather than you being told that through health text it's through that that visual um, aspect there although i did come unstuck there was a level where there was a cloud that had lightning coming out of it and spikes and i wasted two lives trying to to attack it and then actually pointed out what well, if you think about it the design of it is so that it is it, such that it's pretty clear you're not supposed to attack that oh yeah good spot
0: yeah so we've talked in the past about about the grammar of games and and i I guess to extend that slightly, the vocabulary of games, if that's the right, maybe that's not the right time. But um, there's an, an element of intertextual understanding. Yeah. Uh, certainly in the early 90s, if you think you, you were very well versed, say you played Sonic uh, a lot and then you went around to your friend's house and there, there's this game. Well, in Sonic, you are supposed to avoid spikes. Mm. spiky things bad so that carries on over to this game and and to a great many other games how many games involve spikes as an obstacle to avoid yeah it seems it's fairly straightforward if it's spiky no hitty Lychees, well, choose are spike well like cheese are not part of the game are mm. they okay so Fair. yeah i applaud your effort chris but uh c minus on that <laughs> drat I thought you were going to come on to how nice the game looks because actually it's got this isometric style and you commented on it being a very characterful game. I think mm. visually it is very characterful. There are little nods to other Kirby games. So the, the trees that have got those little ooh, faces, uh, I really like those anyway. Um, and they just, they act as obstacles here and they pepper the various different levels.
1: they remind me actually of uh, of Hilda, which I recommend watching on Netflix. It's a, a cartoon yes. about a yeah. Norwegian girl. It's sort of, it's quite eco and environmental. It goes in with Trolls, which are obviously quite big in Norway, but they remind me of that actually. Mm. I'm also surprised by how late in
0: development from Specialty Golf. Shot, which comes back to the Stroke Shot debacle. What were of they course, thinking? Yeah,
1: the fact that this got rebranded as a Kirby game fairly late on in that game's development, because Kirby is just plastered all over this game. It oozes Kirby. The characters, the the design, even down to the font and the inter mm. inter level animations.
0: Yes, I don't know how long it would have taken, or or how long it did take to make the transition from Special T Shot to Kirby's Dream Course. But as my understanding is that the game was very near complete when they actually made the decision. So all of that is built on top of uh, of the genetics of Special T Shot. I've also compared it to Marble Madness in terms of the isometrics of it and the and the visual style of it. I guess I think it looks better than Marble Madness. Firstly, yeah, definitely. But what I'm wondering is if it if it had the aesthetics of Marble Madness, but the gameplay of Kirby's Dream Course, it, that is what Special T Shot was. Would it have succeeded, or did it really need that? kirby branding in order to stand out from the crowd
1: i think the kirby branding would have elevated it a lot more personally than had it just been released as a a, a golf game just having that kirby brands recognition
0: i don't even think it's the recognition i think it's just the as you put it the characterfulness the fact that rather than being a ball that you chuck at some arbitrary ob- object. Obstacles. You've actually got Kirby as as your golf ball, and then the obstacles are actually characters, and that gives you a bit more of an emotional in to the game. Even if you don't have the the story that was tacked onto the to the Japanese release, you've still got something to latch mm. onto and something to serve maybe as an avatar into the world.
1: But the power ropes—they surely would not have worked had it been a ball. Why not? Well, for example, the power up where you're mid chip and the ball slash Kirby is up in the air, and then it falls to the ground. With Kirby, it's an an umbrella, as you described, like like lemmings that makes him fall down to the ground. Yeah. How would that have worked with a ball? Well, Just like I, I think you're popping
0: out of the thinking, ball. Thinking, I think you're thinking too much, too far too literally. Like, oh well, the ball doesn't have hands. One, we're talking about a a computer game so you can do whatever you like uh, but two there are other ways to implement that same mechanic in a way that maybe works for a ball so a parachute instead of an umbrella yeah which right. actually even with Kirby would have made more sense than the umbrella the umbrella you're just gonna fall to your doom aren't you so we would have tied in with the Galileo
1: experiment which talked about in the first half. it very much
0: would yeah you watch those adverts during the half time what did you think to them Nuts. I'm not sure what Nintendo of Japan or Nintendo of America were thinking with either of the adverts. I certainly prefer the Japanese one, though. I didn't mind them, but they were not very Kirby. They they, they weren't on brand. Not at all. The tonal shift between in the american advert from this really quite intense interrogation by like fbi style agents or something to the poyo poyo style kirby graphics very jarring and disorientating i don't know if a child would have actually been enthused by that whole experience by that journey probably quite scared but, uh, but anyway i was quite scared if you want to have a look at
1: the adverts and um, have a look on our social media uh, they've they will be posted to facebook over the next few days if mm. uh,
0: you to have a look at yeah facebook youtube instagram twitter, twitter. although we'll probably only put them on facebook because we we're not massively into the social media so probably just come find us on facebook the challenge the level of challenge on the game how did you feel about that do you mean within the levels themselves or i mean the just structure? overall did you feel like it was pitched in because we talked about the level of challenge in kirby games and the fact that the one of the things that puts me off kirby games is that they are far too easy platformer wise how do you think the challenge sat here did this you was- think it was pitched at you or did you think it was pitched lower or higher were you happy with it
1: i think it was more challenging than kirby games are but i don't think it was egregiously more challenging i think mm. and as i said the the way the game was structured i think that there was a very incremental learning curve to it that is accessible and people will be able to understand what to do within it my main bugbear with the game's difficulty was the continued system yeah the continue system works by so we we, we talked about this whole the health slash live system where when you kill enemies to access the hole to complete the level they drop tomatoes which your your health so if you're down to one tomato and you kill two enemies you then get two more tomatoes and you're on three so you've got three chances to get to the hole if you don't kill an enemy and don't get to the hole in your next shot you will lose a tomato if that makes sense i think i've explained that well enough and you then have three lives i think it was or maybe it was even two if you run out of lives so for example by running out of tomatoes or i had a couple of shots where i managed to ping off the actual course itself and just lost life straight away if you run out of lives you then get the continue screen so either game over or continue if you continue then taken right back to the start of the whole world so i had this happen on the eighth course of world one I had the continue pop-up and so i went into continue and then i'm straight back at the first whole first course of world one and then had to play through them all again which i think was extremely unfair
0: yes i do understand that i think though and this is strange for me i kind of i'm okay with that why i feel like the game is generally very fair in terms of the fact that it gives you these four lives per level i think that there is a penalty to not doing well enough uh, if you game over, e- you've been given quite a few chances anyway. If you game over, then there has to be some level. Well, there doesn't have to be, but there is in this game some level of like, have another go. That serves two purposes. It's punitive enough that it makes you try harder and it also lets you practice again. So mm. this is one of those games. I am not this kind of gamer. I'm usually on the on the same page as you in terms of like, don't punish the player too heavily for failure and in fact I I live by that mantra in life like if you punish people for failure you make them failure averse and failure aversion is not that good like it it really holds people back from making taking chances and, and making breakthroughs and that holds true that holds true for gaming as well but in this game it gives you another opportunity to practice those levels it gives you another opportunity to hone your skills and by the time you get to level eight again rather than being put at the beginning of level eight and go have another go at this one by the time you got to level eight again having done those previous is seven courses you are in a position where you maybe know a little bit more or even a lot more about the mechanics of the game and you can hit level eight a bit harder and uh, with a bit more under your belt. Yeah. I also quite enjoy playing this game over and over again. I don't, again, I don't usually play games like that. I usually one and done. But this game, I can play the same courses over and again and sort of try and do better each time. And I'm quite I'm quite happy to do that with this. Yeah,
1: I, I get that and that makes complete sense. Mm. But I don't think it's fair to be f- forced to have to replay those previous seven courses to get to that if I want to play those again and improve my skills I yeah. should be given that choice rather than be forced to do that yep.
0: I feel again I would normally agree with you I think it's th- that fair enough if that's how you feel and th- we're talking about a game that's 30 years old nearly mm-hmm. so it, maybe if they made it now they would make that that they would probably almost certainly make the same choice that you're outlining i think all i'm really saying is that i don't personally mind it
1: it's actually interesting at the time of recording this episode will come out mid-june um sonic colors is coming out in september have you read anything about the way they're remastering that no so this is a remaster of a game that came out 10 years ago so yeah. not that long ago in the grand scheme of gaming, in the grand scheme of things, but they're adding things into that to make it more accessible. For example, there's a, an option. I think it's called Tails Save, if I remember from what I've read about it. Mm. So if you fall down a hole, you can turn this option on where Tails will zip in to pull you out of the hole and drop you back to where you were. So they're now making this game that's only 10 years old more in line with what gamers are expecting of games nowadays. And I think that's really interesting that even in these last, this last decade, that is an expectation of games now.
0: Yes. I would caveat that with the fact that Sonic has tended to be slightly behind the curve in terms of accessibility. (laughs) Fair. And... And fun, to be honest, but certainly accessibility. So they're maybe just catching up from where they should have been 10 years ago. But yeah, I think I think the point stands. I think you're right. I think that actually even developers potentially would agree with you. And I think if they were making the game now, Kirby's Dream Course, they probably would have made a different decision in how they implemented that. Having access, if you want it, to previous levels so that you can hone your skills, that makes a lot of sense. But in the context of how I was playing it, in the context of how you are have, how you have to play it, I, I just don't mind in the way that I maybe would mind with with a different game. Personal bias, I understand, yeah. but yeah. even so. No, obviously, as you said, this is a game you
1: really like. When was the last time you played it prior to us tackling it today out of curiosity?
0: Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. So whenever the SNES mini thing was... Doing the rounds, we were gifted one unexpectedly for as a Christmas present, and I dabbled with the games on there, and this was on there, and I gravitated towards that. I think I played it more than any other of those games that are included,
1: and it's still just as good as you remember it being.
0: Yeah, yeah, I still I think every single time I play it, there's a, a slight learning curve that you have Mm. to go on even this time the first level is designed so that you get a nice easy hole in one but i think i took three strokes or shots whatever you want to call them on the first attempt at that first level i took three shots tonight you just have to calibrate how you understand that power meter Mm. to be working because until you understand just how powerful a full shot is and a quarter shot you can't really gauge it well enough to thrive
1: you found out tonight actually on that note about the control system the l and r shoulder buttons so they make kirby go in 45 degree angles which um so you're not having to hold down left or right to make your shot precise you can just do that to go within these uh compass directions which again makes it very accessible and easy to play yeah
0: so I knew that I knew that they worked that way. What I didn't realize was, and if we're talking accessibility, so we've talked about one of the downsides of the accessibility of the game in terms of the way it implements its continuous system. Yeah, This, I think, is really smart design mm. because you can actually, it's almost like a reset. So it moves you, if you move a few degrees off the compass points, you can actually press L or R and it will bring you back to one of the eight compass points the north south east and west and the four in between and i hadn't realized that when i was playing before i just thought that it, wherever you were pointing it would move you 45 degrees clockwise or counterclockwise but actually it's it's a bit of a reset and mm. uh, um and helpful when you're trying something where you need a very precise straight line so yeah that was that was a nice little uh thing to find out uh one of the things that i still don't understand. When you press... I should probably read a manual. I'm sure I've got a manual uh, for it. Why break with tradition, eh? Exactly. When, you, when you're in motion, when Kirby's in motion, you've done your shot. If you press the A button again, I think it's the A. Someone can double-check that for me, I guess. Uh, we, do have, we do have researchers on this program, don't we? Uh, I think. Somewhere. Uh, when you press the A button Intent. after he's in motion, in motion, he does like this pulse thing, like a white... He glows white and pulses. I still don't know why he does that. I, 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 it's been twenty odd years, and I, I have no idea what that does. So,
1: Just yeah, mysteries presume.
0: abound. I know I will be playing this game again in the short term, and I'm gonna. Prete- I'm not gonna ask you, Chris, because whenever I ask you this question, you usually disappoint me and say, "Oh no, I'm too busy. I'm a, I'm a full-grown adult or something <laughs> nonsensical like that." I'm just going to pretend that when I that I have asked you and that you said yes, I'm going to play it for the rest of the week. I'm going to take some time off work to do so. Yep,
1: yeah, definitely. There, let's go that thumbs up. It gets the uh, a full recommendation from me.
0: Brilliant. I do genuinely think that your daughter, if she can overlook the slight idiosyncrasies of the control system and uh, and its age, I actually think that she might like this, and therefore it might be one that you should come to. I think she'd find it too fiddly. What the golf,
1: that just has your power meter and you control the direction that's it. And she found that too overwhelming. So I
0: think this would be too much. Oh, right. Okay. Well, if you aren't as prissy as Christopher's daughter, (laughs) she gets it off him, to be fair. It's true. If you are a parent, then your children might be, I personally think your children might be interested in this and therefore it might be a, a nice little window into gaming gaming past or games past and that might be a place to experience it for yourself as well and as actually said it's available on switch
1: online using the classic game section whatever you call it it's on there if, if you're on switch online it's free it's, in a bit yeah you already paying part for of your package so uh, you know give it a go see what Make you think use of it, of it. yeah yeah Make- and Once you downloaded it, come and let us know on social media. See if you agree or disagree. Uh, If there's anything that you think we should have mentioned, then let us know. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you could also do the usual rate, review, share,
0: subscribe, all that, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. 67 episodes, a lot to get through. So if you're a long time listener, even more appreciation being heaped upon you. Thank you so much. We will be back next week for another episode. It is Chris's game. So don't get your hopes up. Thank you again. And we'll see you next week. Sayonara.